Welcome into the unnamed MMA podcast on the ESPN Chicago app. I'm Adam Abdallah, along with Jordan Sherwood. Follow him on Twitter at Wood on ESPN 1000. Follow me on Twitter at Adam A. Abdallah. Like I said, we are on the ESPN Chicago app. And ESPN Chicago, the new home of the Chicago Bears. That's right. 365 days of Bears programming. We're going to have the Bears games right here on ESPN 1000 once the season starts with Tom Thayer and Jeff Joniak and tons of Bears programming coming around that as well. We're going to be covering the Bears like nobody else. We were already covering the Bears like nobody else, but now we have the games now. So that, uh, you know, that just adds to the coverage. And Jordan, we have a great pay-per-view matchup to to preview here. None of these appetizers anymore. This is a main course of a pay-per-view. You've got UFC 285. It's going to be a great one. Two title fights, the return of John Jones, exploring the opportunity to become a two-divisional champ at heavyweight he's been rumored to do that at quite some time and, and a fight card that has significant fights throughout not just on the main portion of the card of the pay-per-view but you talk about the prelims on espn uh the early prelims so a lot of things to look into from a gambling perspective and just a lot of interesting matchups i'm certainly looking forward to saturday night yeah our first matchup on this main card is not a great one because the favorite is minus 2200 that's right i said i didn't i didn't stutter minus 2200 you'd have to put down to 2200 dollars to win a hundred dollars uh jamie pickett is plus 870 bo nickel is minus 2200 this fight was supposed to take place at ufc 282 but it is now going to take place here uh and and, you know nickel is a three-time d1 national championship wrestler four-time all-american and pickett is a fellow dana white contender series grad who has two wins and six starts uh, to begin his ufc career this one looks like it's going to be over fast to start this uh, main card here. Jordan, what do you think of this one? Go with I mean, underdog? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie Pickett has lost two fights in a row. Um, there's a reason why Bo Nickel is making his UFC debut on this type of pay-per-view card. He's expected to do very big things in the UFC, and he's expected to do very violent things to Jamie Pickett. So... That First and foremost, you just have to understand the matchmaking. This is a showcase fight. This is a squash match opportunity for Bill, Bo Nickel to shine because expectations are that this pay-per-view will do extremely well with John Jones at the headlining bill of this fight card. There is no value in, in the current money line that Bo Nickel has at that minus 2200 for FanDuel you know, right now Wednesday afternoon. You have to get creative. That's what we try and do. So even at the under at one and a half, minus 345, that's not too creative. So I think you really have to do one of our alliteration, you know, our P's parlay. Mm-hmm. It's not going to have any alliteration, but you're going to have to find Bo Nickel inside the distance Ooh. in round one. Okay. Here's the reason we like it. You talked about the accolades of Bo Nickel, his, his amateur background in wrestling. Uh, Jamie Pickett succumbs to takedowns. Bo Nickel didn't beat around the bush when he made his Dana White contender series. He looked for the takedown, got it right away, and submitted his opponent. He's going to likely do the same. So I even go a step further. Bo Nickel, round one via submission. 
Via submission. Okay, round one via submission. All right, I got to find this here now. So I don't I know if you find can this. find it. I mean, look. So I found nickel in round one is minus 210. Okay, that's a little bit better. Uh, but let's see. I mean, you're not you're not no. getting a lot of value there. I mean, look, this guy is so – look at – take this guy is so highly regarded yeah. that he's only a plus 200 in a hypothetical matchup against, against Hamzat Shemaev. I found it. Nickel in round one by submission is minus 105. There's our play. In, in the parlay, or you just want in round one in general in the parlay? I think you have to go in round one in the parlay and then a secondary bet. Bo Nickel, round one submission at $1.05. Okay, That's I like fine. that. That's a good play. We can, we can make that yeah. certainly work. Uh, Jamie Pickett can succumb to submissions. Bo Nickel is that impressive. And again, this is a squash match opportunity. Bo Nickel is supposed to impress. Now, granted, it's MMA. Anything could happen. He could have jitters. Jamie Pickett could land something, completely change the direction of, uh, of the, 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 the direction of the fight. Mm-hmm. But for me, Bo Nickel is special. He's supposed to get some big-time matchups in his UFC debut. He's not getting one. He's getting in a fight that he's supposed to showcase his skills uh, and he should win violently. All right, so we'll take uh, uh, Bone Nickel by submission in round one at minus 105. That's the official play. I like that, and we'll throw him in round one at minus 210 into the parlay. Our next fight, Matush Gamrod against Jalen Turner. Gamrod is minus 245. Turner is plus 186, and Gamrod's taking this fight on short notice. Uh, Dan Hooker withdrew from this fall, uh, and Gamrod came in and has fought in uh, UFC 280, so you do the math. This is 285, so not too long ago, but not recent enough where you're like, oh, no, is he going to be ready to go? It's only two weeks' notice or anything like that. And Jalen Turner has won five fights straight, all by stoppage. So this has the makings of a decent fight, despite the odds at Gamrot minus two forty-five. What do you think? We talked about this matchup last week mm-hmm. on the podcast. I love Jalen Turner. I just love his story of being the tarantula. He had a fear, arachnophobia. He ended up, you know, getting a, a bunch of pet tarantulas as, as pet tarantulas. To get over that fear. Yeah. And now he's over that fear. Now he calls himself the tarantula. It is literally like he has eight legs when he's in the octagon because just how diverse a striker he is, powerful for the lightweight division. And, yeah, during these five wins, he's beaten guys and beaten guys, not necessarily that he's supposed to, but tough guys like tough, Jamie Malarkey, Brad Rydell. Mm-hmm. You know, those guys are, are, are good fighters within the lightweight division. Dramatic step up in competition. Now, I thought Dan Hooker was the next appropriate fight because Dan Hooker had suffered some stoppage losses. He was a guy that was going to stand and trade and have a favorable matchup for Jalen Turner. Now that's not the case. We get to finally see what happens when Jalen Turner has to go in there against a grappler, a wrestler. And we know how good Gamrod is. Look, he went up against Benil Dariush in his last fight. Benio Dariush was the dog. We liked him. We released him. You won money on our pick of Benio Dariush over Gamrod. And Benio Dariush landed something pretty significant in that fight from a striking standpoint. So certainly, Jalen Turner is going to have to look to exploit that again. But I don't have enough confidence yet here midweek Wednesday to recommend Jalen Turner going up against a guy that knows, look, I can't mess around this fight. I've got to get this fight to the ground. Um, So... Gamrot's looking for a win. He's looking to bounce back. And I don't know yet enough about Jalen Turner's takedown defense and grappling ability to recommend a play either way. I like it that Jalen Turner's the dog. Guy on a five-fight win streak, taking a fight, uh, a guy against uh, on short notice mm-hmm. that struggled with stri- against uh, you know a guy that's not a striker. 
Um, but it's a, it's a little bit too risky right now for me midweek. So it's one of those one of those ones I hate to be a tease here for one of the biggest fight cards of the year. You're shaking your head at but me, no but play. No play. no play. Wait till Friday until I make it official. All right, you'll release that. that that'll be a free one you'll release. I'm going to put that out for you. You're going to release that, that fight for free. Make sure you follow Jordan on Twitter at Wood on ESPN 1000. If we're looking at method of victory here, uh, Gamrot by submission at plus 250, Gamrot by points at plus 270, Gamrot by knockout at plus 380, and then here come all the Turner ones. Turner by knockout plus 460, Turner by points. At seven to one, and Turner by submission at nine to one. But we are recommending you are recommending stay away until Friday when you release that as a free pick for for the people. It's a free pick for the people, it's right? A free pick for the people. Right? I do like Jalen Turner. There's a couple of underdogs that I do like on this okay. fight card. Jalen Turner is certainly one of them. But it's it's a little bit risky proposition for me to say, hey because of just the grappling question marks that we have. All right, we got a good one in our oh, next yeah. fight here. Jeff Neal against Shafkat Rachmanov. Uh, Neal comes in on a two-fight winning streak, third-round stoppage against Vicente Luque that we talked about before, and Rachmanov 16-0 overall, 4-0 in the UFC, and has yet to go to the judges' scorecard. So if you want something that's going to end quick and end fast, this is probably the fight for you. If it might end in a knockout or something, submission here, that is where Jordan comes in to tell us how we should play this fight. Well, I don't know if I could tell you necessarily like the way that Shafkat Rachmaninoff is going to win this fight. But he's, he's going to win the he's fight. He's an equal opportunist. He's minus 590. He's minus 590. He's an, well, look, he's an equal opportunist. He he has 16 fights. He has 16 finishes. Eight submissions. Eight t- eight, well, that's eight, not eight fair. Strikes. Okay, so here, I'll give you this. Rachmaninoff <laughs> by submission is plus 170. Rachmaninoff by, by knockout is plus 195. Okay, I'm So gonna, those are basically even, like, uh, it, as far as uh, discrepancy goes. Yeah, I'm going to go, actually, if I'm going to pick between those two, I'm going to go with the strikes because I think okay. that Jeff, you know, Jeff Neal has been stopped by strikes. Jeff Neal has succumbed to grapplers before, but I think Rachmaninoff not going to necessarily look to exploit the submission. He's going to look exploit to his power uh, and his technique ground and pound with with a finish. Like this is a, certainly a, dr- a dramatic step up in competition for uh, Rachmanov. This is the toughest test of day. Jeff Neal has surprised at times. Look, his performance against Vicente Luque was outstanding. Everybody was handicapping Vicente Luque was going to have the advantage on the feet, but Jeff Neal carries some significant power, some great athleticism. He overcame his issues that he was dealing with outside the octagon and had a very impressive performance. The other side of that coin, though, is that the shoe finally fell off of Vicente Luque after all the wars that he was in, mm-hmm. and finally, look, he succumbed to strikes. I- I'm going to believe that Jeff Neal is a little bit more special. I'm going to rely more on his talent, but I'm also going to look at what Neil Magny did to Jeff Neal, and, Je- and Neil Magny slowed down a fight, worked in a lot of grappling, forced that cardio to be tested by Jeff Neal, and that's the type of fight that... Rachmanov is is going to bring. So Rachmanov is certainly in my parlay. I like the the under at two and a half. I think both guys are finishers. There is certainly a risk of Jeff Neal landing something, but I think Rachmanov uh, overcomes that if if there's any adversity and uh, either he's going to get this fight to the ground and finish a via strike or he's just going to straight up knock out Jeff Neal in this fight. I believe Rachmanov will likely be fighting for a championship opportunity or the belt by the end of this year. All right, so we're going with Rachmanov, that fight under two and a half, but we're going to add Rachmanov to our parlay real quick. 
uh, and just add that in right now. So right now we've got Bo Nickel to win in round one, and we've got Shakhmat Rachmanov uh, just to win straight up. Not a great. We got to add some more. We're gonna add some more. Well, we add, we want the part. submission. We do yeah. want the submission. Add that one as well. Add Rachmanov via submission. Oh, via plus, submission uh, plus one ninety five. Oh no, the no, 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 sorry, sorry. The TKO was the plus one ninety five. Yeah. Into the parlay or just straight up? No, no, no. That's what I was saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Straight up. Yeah, straight up. Okay. Just straight up. But Brockmanov's in the parlay at minus 590. Yes, yes. correct. Okay. Yeah. All right. Our next fight, one of our title fights here tonight in this, uh, not tonight, but on Saturday night, uh, UFC 285 is you've got Valentina Shevchenko against Alexa Grasco. I mean, what do we got to say about Valentina Shevchenko other than that she's going to defend her title for the eighth time and that she's got 10 wins in a row and that, you know, she's amazing and a great fighter. And Alexa Grasso has been, uh, you know, she's been playing well too she's uh earned four consecutive uh victories uh and then moved to flyweight in 2020 and then like this is going to be good like this is going to be a great fight between these two women and uh valentina shevchenko right now is minus 670 and alexa grasso is plus 430 so the odds in the favor of shevchenko but her last fight out split decision to retain her title yeah and i think that's the that's that's the one thing i'm looking at if you're backing valentina shevchenko look at some point, dominating champions get humbled. Dominating champions get a little bit complacent. I, and look, I don't want to slight Talia Santos because she's a fantastic talent, but I think that might have been the case. Valentina Shevchenko, from what I understand, from what my contacts tell me, is motivated, is re-motivated for this fight. She got humbled a little bit. And Alexa Grasso is a good fighter. She looked impressive against Viviana Rougeau, who, who I believe actually is going to win her fight earlier on in the fight card. Uh, Grasso's got good boxing. She's got decent takedown defense, but I think Valentina Shevchenko is going to revert back to the dominating champion of old. We're going to see her go back, win the fight on the feet, and then eventually get this fight to the ground and get a finish. So I think Valentina Shevchenko is going to win inside the distance. I think this fight does not go to the judges' scorecards, clearly, because I think Valentina Shevchenko knows and understands, like, look, she either has an opportunity for a trilogy fight with Amanda Nunez with an impressive victory, or... She now has some contenders that are, are vying for opportunity against her. Tatiana Suarez was impressive last week. Erin Blanchfield was impressive two weeks ago. So there might be some new viable contenders for big money fights for Valentina Shevchenko. She needs to win impressively. She needs to put Alexa Grasso away quickly, and I think she's going to do that. Alexa Grasso is a good fighter, but I think that Valentina Shevchenko, this is going to be one of her next line of victims, and she's motivated based off of the result that happened at the Talia Santos fight. So Shevchenko by points, plus 200. Shevchenko by knockout, plus 230. Shevchenko by submission, plus 260. No one thinks Grasso is going to win this fight. Grasso by points, plus 850. 12-1 to by knockout, 16-1 to by submission. So inside the distance is what you're saying here inside, for this one? Inside the distance, and okay. I, I'd be confident to put a little sprinkle on the submission. Okay, uh, it's I plus think, 260? Yeah, I think, again, you know, Grasso, Grasso is a very good boxer, but Shevchenko probably doesn't want to, you know, mess around too much there on the feet. Shevchenko in the parlay? Shevchenko in the parlay. All right, now we're cooking. Shevchenko via submission, uh, you know, and inside the distance and and the under, like all that stuff. I like that. I like that. That's a good play. And then finally, our main event here, uh, John Jones returning to the octagon after three years, this time going uh, in at heavyweight here for UFC 285 against Cyril Ghosn. Ghosn plus 130, John Jones minus 166. And, and I told you earlier in the week, right? Like, this is John Jones, one of the greatest fighters in the history of the MMA, right? I saw him on Sneaker Shopping, which is a, uh, a web series that's put out by of Complex. You, of course you did. By, by Complex. Look, it was in the timeline, man. You know, like, I don't necessarily watch it all the time, but it was there. 
I'm not saying he looked a little thick, but uh, he. I definitely had to be like, is that John Jones? That is John Jones. Oh, okay. Uh, a little puffy, but that's all right. I mean, it's he's not. They they filmed that weeks ago, right? Like he's not fighting weight right then, right? He's just looked a little puffy but, for but me. Here's the thing: what's his fighting weight? Like, exactly. what is his fighting weight exactly. for, for moving up to heavyweight? It's Wednesday. We're recording this on a Wednesday. We're recording this on a Wednesday, but look, I know what John Jones looks like when he gets on the scale trying to compete at light heavyweight, and I know what he looks like when he gets the scale 24 hours later after getting to the scale and competing at light heavyweight. I have no idea what this rebuilt John Jones heavyweight body is supposed to look like, what he's going to feel comfortable being at uh, come fight night. You know, obviously we know he comes from a strong lineage, you know, two brothers that play, uh, played or played in the NFL. So certainly I, I believe he's got the genetics to be able to put on 25, 30 more pounds of muscle mm-hmm. and compete at the heavyweight division. He's been talking about doing this for quite some time. And I, you know, now that John Jones is actually fighting, like you look back at his resume, like nothing compares, like the laundry list of oh, yeah. fighters and the way that he won those fights and what he had. I, I don't like the guy. Like, I don't respect the guy, but he, I respect him as a fighter. Mm-hmm. I don't respect him as a man. I respect him as a fighter, though. Mm-hmm. But we're not talking about his off the field and off the court uh, outside the octagon issues. Inside the octagon, John Jones is the greatest fighter we've ever seen. Uh, and he just dominates. So I love it that he's challenging himself. He's going up finally to heavyweight. And early on, when this fight was released, I grabbed John Jones at plus money. So yeah. I've got that in pocket right now for John Jones to win, mm-hmm. just to win the fight, no method of victory, because stylistically, the speed, the cardio, the power, the wrestling, the the, the intuitiveness, the, the 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 smarts that John Jones has in the octagon, we also haven't seen. I'm now looking at this really, really hard. Cyril Gaon is not a good matchup for John Jones to welcome himself into the heavyweight division because Cyril Gaon does everything that John Jones does. Yeah. Cyril Gaon is elusive. He's a good striker. Mm-hmm. He's got great cardio. He can revert back to wrestling and grappling and submissions. Like if he was taking on a different heavyweight, a Curtis Blades, a Derek Lewis, uh, you know, these aren't the big Sergey Pavlovich. These aren't you know? the big dudes that lay all over you for for Cyril five minutes. Like so, you know that's I mean? the thing. Like Cyril Gaon, like is going to be able to, I believe, keep up with the speed of yeah. John Jones. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, I look, I, you heard it. I grabbed John Jones at plus money, the greatest of all time. He's minus one sixty six. Now he's yeah. minus one sixty six. Yeah. So my my thought process is maybe hedge a little bit, hedging a little bit, sprinkling yeah. a little bit on Gon just to play it play it safe over there, just because of that matchup. I, I, I look, Cyril Gon can can move and he can work the clinch and he's got a strong body and he's got good takedown defense mm-hmm. and he's not worried about getting the the fight going to the ground and he could go five rounds. So. It's so interesting. You just don't know what John Jones is going to look like, yeah. um, you know, at, at heavyweight. Well, I'm intrigued, so, though. I'm intrigued. You, so you've got the method of victory. Jones by points at plus one eighty. Uh, gone by points at plus three forty. So the Vegas believes that this is going to this, going full five rounds. And I would agree with that. I okay. think both guys are going to be very hard to, to get out of there and eliminate. I think both guys, uh, you know, are strong finishers, but also are very cerebral in their attack, uh, intelligent in their attack, avoid so, danger. So here you go. Will the fight go the distance? Yes, minus one twenty-two. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll take. I'll, I like that. All right. That's fine. I'll take that. Jones, uh, not inside the distance. Out the distance. Outside the distance. Outside the distance. Outside the distance. Well, that's the opposite, right? Yeah. Outside the distance at minus one twenty-two. 
All right. I mean, look, it, it, it should be a good fight. The odds dictate that it'll be a good fight. I think you jumped in at the right time probably on John Jones after before the public money came in, pouring in because of the name recognition. And just because he's back, people are backing him, obviously, to the tune of minus 166 to take him from a, an underdog to that. So it's probably a good move on your part. I, I don't like hedging, but that you do you. You do you. Uh, so right now, our official picks are Bo Nickel in round one by submission at minus 105. Rachmanov under two and a half rounds uh shevchenko inside the distance and by submission at plus 260 and jones outside the distance at minus 122 and then we've got our parlay has three fights in it right now bo nickel to win in round one shakmat rachmanov at minus 590 and valentina shevchenko valentina shevchenko at minus 670 that takes the parlay to minus 102 let's help let's, let's help let's help that yeah, uh, I, I, like I mentioned the this or anything? uh viviana let's go a couple of the women Let's let's go. Let's add some women to this. Uh, right. Viviana Rujo and Tabitha, Tabitha Ricci, both competitors. One's on the uh, main prelims, and the other one, Tabitha Ricci, is on the early prelims. Let's add All both right. of those ladies to. So Arujo's plus money. Arujo's plus one hundred. I, I love the money. I love the matchup with Amanda Hibas uh, mm-hmm. in, in that fight. I think that Arujo's carries some power. That's going to cause some issues for Hibas, uh, and you know. And who's the other one? Tabitha Ricci, you yeah, said? Yeah, over Jessica okay. Penny. All right. Ooh, that takes us to plus 417 right there with those five fights. Why not? Let's plus do it. 417 with those five fights. I what, like that. Yeah, let's do that. I like that. Anything else in the prelims you like in, in this uh, pay-per-view? Uh, look, let's, let's, let's get some dogs barking. Yeah. Let's get some dogs because I know you it. like that. Let's and do it. I want people to take a hard look at Trevin Jones over Cody Garbrandt. Okay. Cody Garbrandt, the former champion, though, is 1-4 in, in his last five fights. There's question marks about his ability to take a punch. He's tried to change up his game a little bit, reverting on his wrestling, but I think Trevin Jones, if he comes prepared, carries power for three rounds, has enough wrestling uh, in his back pocket to prevent the fight from going to the ground. So Jones is a dog. Blonde Brunson. <laughs> Blonde Brunson. Yeah. Plus 195. All Look, right. Drakus Duplessis. Uh, Question marks of what won his last fight against Darren Till, but I think lost a little bit of his momentum. Didn't look great in mm-hmm. that fight. Derek Brunson is a is is a tough a tough guy to get out of there. So him and then uh, the Cuban Missile Crisis, Julian Marquez at plus money. I I don't think he's going to be affected by the knockout loss that he's coming off of to Gregory Rodriguez, Mark Andre Barrio. We've we've. Uh, We've absolutely not backed him before. We like fading him. So Julian Marquez, also a dog to look at. All right. That is UFC 285. He is Jordan Sherwood. Follow him on Twitter. Add Wood on ESPN 1000. I'm Adam Abdallah. Follow me on Twitter at Adam A. Abdallah. Make sure you get all of Jordan's picks at Fat Jack Sports. Follow at Fat Jack Sports on Twitter. Go to FatJackSports.com. Get all those picks there. March Madness here. We've got the conference tournaments that start next week. You've got March Madness Selection Sundays coming up in about 10 days from now. And then that tournament starts. So you want to get in on all the action with the Fat Jack and also all of uh, Jordan's uh, UFC picks and MMA picks can be found there as well. We'll be here to preview another UFC fight night next week here on the Unnamed MMA podcast on the ESPN Chicago app, the new home of the Chicago Bears.